Rolling take one. Rolling camera one. Welcome everybody. Greetings and salutations. Uh, this is <clears throat> Americana, the American way. Your favorite podcast on the internet. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter for what it's worth um, at the real underscore Big John as I unwrap my cigar. And you can also find this on Rumble. Uh, it is on Rumble. It's also Americana, the American way. As such is on YouTube. I don't know if I just... That wasn't a sentence. Um, it's Americana, the American way on YouTube. Um, Telegraph. And I'm not doing anything on Facebook at, at the minute. And I'm hoping Trump comes up with uh, his own... Uh, social media platform and uh, co somehow combines the well, whatever. I hope he gets his own, he does his own social media uh, because I, I miss him. I'll be honest with you. And you know, this uh, sham of an impeachment that I talked about in a previous video and cast. Uh, would not be taking shape the way it is. Trump would be on Twitter, Facebook, um, just banging away at everything that uh, the house managers are saying. Um, furthermore, you know, there needs to be a free speech space. Um, Parler was kind of that. And then some idiots posted some things. Uh, and it, it was a conspiracy against Parler. Let's not shit ourselves here. Um, you know, the uh, Google and Apple app stores went through with a fine-tooth comb to find things. And because Parler was new and they weren't... They didn't have enough money to pay... People to scroll through millions of parlays and and find the bad things. Um, a, a reporter friend of mine, I, who I respect, she posted, you know, on Facebook, "This is why Parlor got shut down," and it said that uh, in this uh, parlay, it said. Um, Reporters are always soft targets, which means soft targets for assassination attempts, I guess. Um, and, and I totally denounce any talk like that. But when it comes to the Capitol riots, Facebook played a bigger role in organizing the march. Not Mark Zuckerberg himself. Not Facebook itself, but it was people, you know, had chats, um, shared events, you know, like an event page. If you use Facebook, you know what I mean. Um, 
to talk about the March on Washington. There were more posts about that march and uh, storming of the Capitol and more organization done through Facebook than Parler. But the big boys always got to cut that little man out from under, un, got to cut the little man's feet out from under him. Got to undercut that guy, you know. You don't want to play bar up by our rules. We're going to take our ball and our bat and our glove and go home. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, that's not the topic of today's show. I'm going to play a clippy clip for you. And uh, then I'll tell you what it said. The Biden campaign has long been accused of scripted interactions with the press. Now, more than three weeks into the Biden administration, White House reporters are speaking out. On America's White House correspondent, Jen Pellegrino, has more. The media that once saw their ratings skyrocketing during the made-for-TV Trump White House press briefings is now oddly embracing what they have labeled as a boring Biden administration, along with its so-called refreshing briefings held by Press Secretary Jen Psaki. In keeping with a team Biden tradition, is the Biden administration hand-selecting questions in the briefing room? In a report this week from The Daily Beast, White House reporters have raised some concerns. Amid a Twitter debate, a Politico reporter put it this way, to everyone asking why this matters, if Jen Psaki doesn't like your question, she doesn't call on you. Rick Manning, the president of Americans for Limited Government, weighs in. The Biden press team isn't used to actually getting questions from the press, and so they're completely unprepared to actually answer anything off the cuff. And we've seen that in the the initial press briefings where everything is, I'll have to get back to you on that. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. I'm I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, We will circle back. The press is sitting there saying, you know, we can't give you our questions in advance, but in reality, um, In the real world, in the political world, in the campaign world, the political press that followed Biden around virtually wrote their press statements for them. So I don't know why they'd be surprised that the Biden administration would expect them to uh, follow the script that the Biden press team is handing them. Manning questions whether the press will hold the Biden administration to the same standards as previous administrations. We saw a press corps that was virulently anti-President Trump and debated him, in fact, and attacked him and accused his press spokespeople of lying constantly because it didn't fit the narrative that they believed. Well, let's see if they hold the Trump, the Biden administration to the same standard. Will they ask the same kind of tough questions? Will they demand that Joe Biden actually talked to them as opposed to just a press person. You know, one of the things I think is going to be true is that this press corps is going to be, once again, more interested in access than honest reporting. Because as you know, having been in the press corps, uh, they're in the White House. Access is everything. Answering, getting questions answered is important. But access and knowing what's going on, having stories pitched to you is everything. And those who are most compliant get the best uh, treatment. Imagine if the Trump White House asked for reporters to submit questions for Sarah Sanders or Kayleigh McEnany or for President Trump himself ahead of daily press briefings. Let's be honest, it would be a national scandal 
Um, it would be leading the CNN would be running nonstop uh, bulletins about it, as would MSNBC. And you'd have the net- network news attacking it. We'd have editorials from across the country talking about how this is a threat to the freedom of the press and the fourth value of the fourth estate and the importance of the fourth estate. And I'm hoping that stations like OAN and others can reestablish that kind of uh, reporting that was lost to the, the real mistakes of the mainstream media, the partisanship of what's known as the mainstream media. Want to see more videos like this? Okay, so on, on YouTube and, um, yeah, Parler, on YouTube and Rumble, there will be uh, links to that video in the description. What they are talking about is there's been this uh, rumor flying the last couple days that the Biden press corps, press office, wants the uh, reporters to submit questions in advance uh, so that they can do their research. Now... There's been a, a lot of memes and people say a lot of things. People, I've posted some memes, you know, about how I miss Kaylee McEnany. She knew her stuff. She had her, you know, like three inch or four inch binder with, you know, place markings. You know, um, if you're somebody that organizes like me, you know, there's, uh, you have your, your pages and then you have um, sheets that go in between those pages that have a little extension on them and you can label those extensions you know John's an idiot extent section John's a genius section John is beautiful section what you know however you want to label them I prefer those last two to the first section but Kaylee had all that, and she would just, well, you know, on this day, she didn't say it in that deep of a voice, but, you know, hey, on this day, this happened, and you said this, and, well, that's funny, because on that day, you reported this, and very rarely did she have to say, hey, I'll get back to you on that. I I watched um, this Jen Psaki uh, once just to see, you know, give her a chance. And I think in that one press conference, one hour, there were like five or 10, Hey, I'll have to circle back with you on that. Now it's diff, it's difficult for this press secretary and press office because they're working with a president who is incoherent to say the least. So that being said, now you can say Trump was a wild man on Twitter. Trump said stupid things because he's a New Yorker. He's, you know what I'm saying? He, there's a, a video I'm going to watch on Facebook or YouTube, pardon me, uh, with the guy Michael Francis, who is a, a capo in the mafia, capo regime, which is like lieutenant, uh, Capo, Capo, it's a high-ranking place in the mafia. Uh, And he was one of the richest and most successful 
mobsters uh, in modern history. And he's, you know, he's got a video up anyway about Trump's mafia connections, all right? And I doubt it's anything negative, but, you know, it's just Michael Francis talking about, you know, hey, Donald Trump was down there hanging with us mobsters, you know? He, he was a, Donald Trump was a, a street guy. He was a tough New Yorker. He saw somebody getting, getting mugged and jumped out of his limo and chased the mugger and caught the mugger. You know, Donald Trump's just Donald Trump. We knew he was loud. We knew he was boisterous. We knew he was, you know, unpolished and that was fine. But when I say Biden is incoherent, the guy has a hard time putting two sentences together. You know, and, oh, but poor man. I mean, it's like he, his, his, talk is, his talk is that of a 78-year-old elderly person that's just not, you know, it's like, okay, you know. You know, when you talk to somebody who's kind of slow, not not all together, you just got to be patient and, you know, nod your head while they're talking and, and just be patient. And that's like how it is listening to Joe Biden. So, of course, his press secretary is going to have difficulty getting through her briefing with him, getting the information that she needs to take to the press. Uh, a friend of mine posted on Facebook today that uh, Kamala Harris is go going to be the most influential first, or pardon me, vice president um, in history. And, you know, there's something like, you know, go ahead, haters, come at me and, you know, prove, you know, prove me wrong. But I just, I went to her comments and typed in YES because Kamala Harris has to get a, a real quick education, education to you English-speaking people, education in being president. Because she's got to be the brain. So yes, she will be the most influential vice president in history. It, it's that simple. It, it you know, I feel sorry in my heart for Joe Biden, and I feel sorry for his press secretary, because that's not an easy job, having the, the media just fire off questions at you. Um, you know, uh, I didn't really like Sean Spicer, uh, Trump's first press secretary. He just rubbed me wrong. Truthfully, I didn't like Ari Fleischer, Bush's press secretary, he was, I thought he was abrasive at times, you know, I like Sarah Sanders for the most part, and I think, uh, you know, Kaylee and Sarah at times overstepped with the media and their uh, critiques, um, but, you know, if Trump, the Trump administration would have said, well, we'd like to see your questions in advance or uh, work with us uh, on these press briefings. 
because the media did is press form the whole campaign. You know? But, anyways, I told you guys prior when I was going through all of uh, Biden's men and women, um, his cabinet, that I would follow up on this company called Raytheon um, <clears throat> because our new Secretary of Defense was a former Raytheon board member, okay? And <clears throat> I, I believe, this is terminology that goes uh, back to the, the Viet Vietnam War. Uh, I started to say, um, I've been, I went down a, a Vietnam War uh, documentary rabbit hole on YouTube this week. Um, and I've been, you know, binge watching, uh, old documentaries of, uh, Vietnam. I, I don't know why it's just, I mean, I'm history buff is why, but, uh, it's one of those things that fascinates me. But, um, this term I'm going to use, that's where I was going, uh, military industrial complex, uh, came out of that era. Now, I haven't been watching uh, videos on the military-industrial complex, per se, uh, or at all. I, mean, I, don't know what, I don't know what per se means. Uh, anyways, um, this Raytheon Technologies, the first information I got about them came from Motley Fool, which is... Uh, a site that gives regular people uh, advice on the stock market. And golly geez, Shazam Gomer Pyle, uh, Raytheon's stock has been skyrocketing. Gee, how, how convenient a former member of your board of directors becomes Secretary of Defense and suddenly you're merging with other companies. I'll get to that in a sec. Uh, and your stock skyrockets. Yeah, coincidence? I think not. Uh, you know, people call this now the deep state or the shadow government. Uh, you can call it what you like. Military industrial complex, deep state, shadow government in my book, are all interchangeable terms, okay? Uh, but let's look at what, what is Raytheon Technologies. Uh, it's an aerospace uh, defense technology company. Uh, substantial defense industry exposure will contribute to their earnings, is what Motley Fool says. They recently merged with Pratt Whitney, which is a big defense contractor and Collins Aerospace to make Raytheon <clears throat> pardon me they made two different companies uh, Raytheon Intelligence and Space and Raytheon Missiles and Defense 
So it looks like somebody's amping up for uh, a, a big future in American politics and American military um, contracts. Um, miss, you know, missiles, missiles, missile defense. That's all. I mean, that's like you know one of the biggest parts of war is ha- is having missiles and missile defense. Um, intelligence. I, I told you before about how these um, former military generals will get into the defense contract business, and they would take their knowledge of technology that was developed by the military and bring it to civilian use and then sell it back to the government, bring it to private companies, I should say, and then those private companies will turn around and uh, get contracts with the government uh, and politicians. Say, for example, uh, things like uh, how to you know, disguise yourself in a chat room and de-escalate or escalate a situation. Uh, in the military, let's say they would use this, uh, it's called like VPN technology to make it look like they were uh, using a server in Russia or Iraq or somewhere overseas and they were chatting with other people in that area and they were trying to de-escalate the Iraqi population for example from getting uh, what do they call that Uh, not extremized but becoming extremist to get them from you know escalating a situation uh, against American troops where uh, they would want to be insurgents or terrorists against our boys. And in, when they brought it back to America, they sold it to politicians to go through social media and websites and chat rooms. And they could be sitting in Arlington, Virginia and be using a server in another state or in another country to look like they were uh, not at the CIA headquarters in Langley. I said Arlington a minute ago. But anyways, that's what they do, okay? So our Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, was on the board of this Raytheon Now Raytheon is merging with other defense contractors, forming new companies. Also on Raytheon's board, this isn't. This is from a different source. Um, oh, I got this from their corporate website. Okay, corporate website of Raytheon. On their board is Robert O. That's his middle initial. Work. So Robert Work, former Deputy Secretary of Defense. That's a good person to have on your side, right? Uh, James A. Winfield, Admiral of the Navy. And Ellen Palakowski, 
an Air Force general. Those are members of Raytheon's board. Why? Well, you would think, oh, yeah, you know, it, it's a good idea to have, you know, a former Secretary of Defense, you know, to give you advice and knowledge and things of that nature. But you don't think that there's a two-way street there? You don't think that they're also there to talk to their connections back in their old offices? Because, like, you know, um, a Secretary of Defense is a powerful position, right? Correct. But there are bureaucrats and people under there, underneath that, that form this deep state, or whatever you want to call it. They are the ones that Mr. Work can call on and say, um, hey, 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 what, what's the uh, military looking to do next? What, what, what war, what countries are... Uh, we we looking at to, to uh, as a threat to our defense. And remember, it used to be called the War Department, not the Defense Department. And there are people that actively pursue war, so it's handy dandy to have someone with connections in the Defense Department on your board to see. Okay. Uh, a war in this country, they're going to need this technology. Or go the other route and say, well, we make this product. What war can we uh, twist the arms of the politicians into getting us involved in so we can sell them our technology? conspiratorialist I can know but come on we've gone we've gone from a couple weeks ago a president that was getting ready to pull troops out of Afghanistan out of Iraq to now the current administration and NATO are saying well, we're not going to leave Afghanistan, though we've been there for 20 years. And some people are reporting Afghanistan controls more of, or pardon me, the Taliban controls more of Afghanistan than they did before we went to war with them. I don't know if that's true. But we're going to keep troops in Afghanistan past our scheduled withdrawal date in May and we're going to stay there until they stop fighting back what are they fighting back against they're only killing our soldiers they are kill that's horrible for me to say it that way they're killing American soldiers that don't need to be there because once bin Laden was killed, once he was rooted out of Afghanistan, there was no point of being there. Right? The point of going to Afghanistan was to root out Al-Qaeda and their leader, which 
Bush did not accomplish, but nonetheless, we, we rooted out Al-Qaeda. Eventually, we killed their leader. And we're still hanging out in Afghanistan. And we didn't even kill the kill bin Laden in Afghanistan. We killed him in Pakistan. So what tell me again why we are in Afghanistan? I support these troops and they should not be dying in a foreign country we have no business being in. Afghanistan's problems are Afghanistan's problems. We're not the world police. We're not the world's babysitter. Enough on that. Let's stick to this whole military-industrial complex idea. So we've established that, you know, Robert Work, James Winfield, and Ellen uh, Paulette, Paulette. I said it right the first time. Let's see if I can get it right the second. Palowski. Palakowski. Polakowski, P-A-W-L-I-K-O-W-S-K-I. All right. There are people that were inside the military, inside the Department of Defense, and can work that two-way street of what war are we going to in the future? What do we have that can fit into that war? What does Raytheon need to do to keep current with uh, defense contracts, okay? Your Secretary of State, Lloyd Austin, was on their board. <coughs> Remember all the Shiite Shih Tzu stuff that was stirred because Halliburton got uh, big, big no-bid contracts and Dick Cheney used to be there what was it, CEO or president of the company or something like that, uh, under Bush and the Iraq war, another war, a war we didn't need to be in at all, though I supported our, our soldiers uh, throughout. Um, is the media going to call this administration out on their former or on their current defense secretary being a board member of a uh, defense contractor that's stock is skyrocketing. You know, they're trying to jump on this GameStop hedge fund thing with both feet. Remember I told you what's going on in the right hand. They're really doing something with the left. Or sometimes I say what's going on. They're showing you their left hand. Ooh, card trick, card trick. And they're really palming something with their right hand. So the Deputy Secretary of State, uh, she's got an interesting background. Um, Kathleen Hicks, first female uh, Deputy Secretary of Defense. Uh, former former International Security Program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. So she formerly worked for the International Security Program at the Center for, at the Center for Strategic and Inter International Studies. 
It's called CSIS for short. Uh, from their website, CSIS's purpose is to define the future of national security. Again, the Defense Department used to be called the War Department. So when they say national security, they mean national wars. Uh, further down in their description of CSIS, Center for Strategic and International Studies. We, are an organi we organize conferences, publish, lecture, and make appearances that aim to increase knowledge and awareness and salience of policy issues relevant to stakeholders and, inter and the interested public. So they make media appearances like CNN, Fox News, uh, One American News, whatever news outlet they can find to raise awareness of policy issues relevant to stakeholders. Who are stakeholders in a public policy issue? Who are the stakeholders in a matter of defense of this nation? Well, we the American citizens are the stakeholders. It's our lives. It's our tax dollars. But is that who they're really talking about? Or are they talk are they this sounds to me like every other lobbyist think tank out there. This is the kind of bullshit they lay down when they describe themselves and how wonderful they are and how they're just trying to get their issues in the public awareness. They're trying to make the public aware of their issue and the reason for them to exist and the reason why their issue matters. Stakeholders to me could be, you know, the shareholders of Raytheon could be the CEO and former vice president, uh, well, CEO of Halliburton and former vice president of the United States. Could be his daughter, Liz Cheney. Could be, you know, the McCains and their chummy buddies in Russia that uh, came up with the fake, fake steel dossier and leaked it. Are those the stakeholders? Or are we the people who should be the true stakeholders when it comes to our <coughs> our own defense? It's never we the people, guys. When you're dealing with Washington insiders, lobbyists, and bureaucracy, all right. Hey, it's been it's been great. Thank you for uh, watching and listening and everything, man. Uh, let me leave you with some. Um, some more of uh, poor, poor Jen Pisaki, <laughs> uh, trying to bumble her way.
real press conference. Mind you, I'm not picking on this lady. She's got a, a difficult job, especially when you have a president that can't tie two. He's, Joe Biden's got two brain cells and they're arguing with each other. All right. And this poor woman's trying to get his policy out there to the people. Go ahead, Jen. Take it away. Maybe. It's not queuing up. What's it doing? Right. Got to tap it hard. Um, go ahead. Uh, thank you, Jen. Uh, I have two rather quick questions, then a little bit more meaty one, if that's okay. I like the setup, so I can know what to prepare for. Go ahead. Okay, so the first quick one. Uh, this, I, I'll frame it as a yes, no, or maybe, perhaps. Uh, I never like those questions, but go uh, ahead. Will President Biden use the power of the bully pulpit to help cajole teachers who are unwilling to go back to schools to go back? Well, one, I'm just going to reject the premise of the question. Uh, I will say um, I have teachers in my family, as I'm sure many of you do. Um, they are the first people to tell you that being uh, teaching in the classroom and being able to engage with kids in the classroom or middle schoolers or high schoolers in the classroom, it makes their job more enjoyable, makes them more effective at what they do. The president is absolutely committed to reopening schools. He wants them not just to reopen, but to stay open. And he wants to do that in a safe way. And we're going to rely on CDC guidance, uh, which again is not officially out yet, to determine the best way to do it. But there are several mitigating factors that we've seen in data to date that will help make it safe. Of course, vaccines are part of that, but so is masking, so is social distancing, so is ensuring that schools have the ventilation and the um, facilities that they need in order to do it safely. That's our focus. So the president's focus is on, and that's one of the reasons why he's out advocating for the American Rescue Plan. Part of that is funding so that schools can do exactly that. That sounded like a yes with an asterisk. I, 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 you, if you are the spokesperson for the White House, you could certainly say that, but you are not. But you can ask me another question. My second quick question uh, is, uh, last year, OMB and the Justice Department made it so that three cities, New York, uh, Seattle, and Portland, could be disfavored for federal grants. Uh, they were deemed, quote, anarchist jurisdictions for allegedly tolerating rise in crime or violent protests. Uh, has the Biden White House uh, decided to reverse those policies disfavoring grants to those three cities? This is an OMB action from the Trump administration you're asking about? Okay. Um, we are a new administration. Uh, we, of course, are reviewing a range of policies and charting our own path, um, but uh, I don't think I'm going to have any comments on policies from a year ago from the prior administration. The third, the third more meaty question, if I could just follow up on a quote from the president in December. Uh, he said, uh, quote, uh, my son, my family will not be involved in any businesses any business, any enterprise that is in conflict with or appears to be in conflict with where there's appropriate distance from the presidency and government. Uh, just recently, there were reports that the president's son still owns a 10% stake in a Chinese investment firm formed with state-owned entities. Uh, do you have an update on the divestment uh, from that investment? Uh, he has been working to unwind his investment, but I would certainly uh, point you, he's a private citizen, I would point you to him or his uh, lawyers on the outside. On uh, any update. Uh, go ahead. They're really showing themselves to do really well. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. So, all right, it wasn't a circling back. I was just <laughs> being, being blunt, which wasn't, actually, that was a pretty good press conference by her standards. Um, let's see. I 
can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. But I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. I'm, I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. All right, guys, God bless you. Pray for each other. We'll see you next time.